0: podcast is part of the batman universe podcast network hosted by the here we love talking about everything batman Thebatmanuniverse.net has news original content and reviews about batman comics movies tv shows video games and more check out the batmanuniverse.net and join our discord server to start chatting with fellow fans we can't wait to talk to you guys also, visit our Patreon page and join our other awesome supporters. But enough of this nonsense. On with the show.
1: Hey, Bat fans, welcome to the Batman Universe podcast. Uh, um, today I'm replacing uh, Scott. Today I'm replacing, just filling in for Scott today on uh, BJ. And with me is Otto. And just want to say thank you, Scott, for kicking us the bad keys and letting us uh, run this one this week. So we have some exciting DC DCU news and Batman updates this episode. Especially how, especially now that both the writer strike and active strikes are over. But first, we have our icebreaker. So, uh, first, our icebreaker today is, um, what is your favorite Batmobile design from any media? So, Otto, you got a favorite uh, Batmobile?
2: Ooh, so, okay, I got to go with the Animated Series one. Because, okay. I mean, that's the classic one. That was the one that I was introduced to. I had a toy of that. I still have it, actually. It's in my room here. Oh, I nice. uh, still have it. And, and so, the toy had this, uh, the plane comes out of the back. Yeah, I mean, so yeah. So that, that one's definitely in there. Um, I like the Tumblr. I know it's not popular with a lot of people who like more of the Bat-centric design, but I like the Tumblr because of its utility and just it being kind of like that tank that you kind of see in uh, Dark Knight Returns. Um, and I also like, and this one I think is really underrated, um, the one, the 2004 Batman cartoon, the second one, not the first one, the second okay. one was, I thought was really cool. Uh, there, there's an episode where the first, the first one gets destroyed and then there's a, he, he builds a, an upgraded version. And so that's the one they use for the rest of the show. So that's the, that's the one that I think is really cool. And then obviously the new Batman one, I think, uh, for what it is, I think it's an
1: excellent design. Yeah, I would probably, my favorite, um, <clears throat> designs, probably the, uh, the Batman 89, the Burton Batmobile. That's usually like when so I close my, like, that's like the car I think of uh, for Batman. And probably I also, I do kind of have a fondness for the Adam West, the Batman 66 Batmobile, like the convertible, like it's no, no roof on it. They just hop right in. Robin never uses a door. They just hop in and jet off. And like those, I've, at a couple of Comic-Cons, like I have, those cars have been there and I have taken a picture in those cars. So I've kind of. Always have a fondness for those. Yeah, The I really can't probably, I do like the tumbler. It flies on, goes on rooftops and all that, but just kind of for my Batman sensibilities, I like it a little more comic book almost. What about worst? What about your least favorite Batmobile design? Do you have a least favorite?
2: Uh, Okay, so least favorite it's probably would have to be that the skeleton one. I think it was used in, what was it, Batman Forever? The yeah. one, it uh, looks like it's, like, it has, like, ribs and, like, yeah, the inside yeah, of yeah, it yeah, is yeah. showing. That one's probably among my least favorite ones. And then I didn't particularly care for the the Zack Snyder version with the oh, uh, yeah. machine gun know, turrets. But... And so the yeah, thing that... with that one is it's not a bat-centric design, and it's not, mm-hmm. like, incredibly, uh, like, it's not incredibly, like, uh, useful. Like, the Tumblr has that, you know, there's a specific use for it in terms of going on rooftops and being a tank and that kind of thing it just it was like trying to you know split the difference between a sports car and a tank and then a batmobile and it ended up being neither of those things so that one also is in there
1: yeah one of the goofier scenes like um in all of the snyder movies is when uh after that big batmobile chase in batman v superman where he's zooming back to wayne manor and he like comes off a ramp and like the Water opens up and he hops and he like shoots down right there. It is like it's almost as goofy as like anything from the shoot movies. Like it it just kind of sticks out in that movie. Probably one of my least favorite Batmobiles. It's like I almost don't even consider a Batmobile, but the huge tank in um Dark Knight Returns. Like it's it is it's not even a car. Like I know he says he's like, Oh, Robin Dick called it the Batmobile, but I was like, How's this a Batmobile? This is just like a ultimate war machine that he's just taking on these mutants with and just pummeling then with rubber bullets
2: yeah I, I don't particularly care for that one either i think it's way too over the top but in in fairness i think um miller was probably designing it for that purpose yeah. to have batman as kind of like this urban military force so i think that's kind of what he had in mind but yeah i, I don't think uh, that's a good batmobile
1: yeah all right so moving on from bat batmobiles and cars we're going to move on to First topic here, I think Scott made this. I think it's the uh, might be the, the title of the article, but it's our boy David Zaslov. And Scott titled titled it, David Zaslov hates video games. So it's about the upcoming Suicide Squad game. And we got a quote here. So I'll quickly read this quote. It says, Our focus is on transforming our biggest franchises from largely console and PC based with three four-year release schedules to include more. Ways on gameplay through live services, multi-platform, and free-to-play extensions with the goal to have more players spending more time on more platforms. Ultimately, we want to drive engagement and monetization on longer cycles and at higher levels. We have put specific capabilities. We are currently under scale and see a significant opportunity to generate greater post-purchase revenue. So that's my just reading this article. It's all about like the microtransactions and the uh, buying DLCs and all like the, the things that kind of dull down video games so just first question based off this uh statement how do you interpret this quote from from uh Zaslav
2: well i think yeah we were we were talking about it on the discord server a bit and uh, to me this just it feels like they're transitioning away from the sort of single player uh storyline focused character focused stories and going into more cheaper uh lower budget uh, cyclical like massive multiplayer online style games and i understand like i get why they're doing it from a business standpoint uh because those things will make you money like constantly once you get a dedicated player base who's kind of like addicted to the game for lack of a better word uh you can get like a steady stream of income whereas with a you know a big budget single player game it's you you buy it once maybe there's a couple of DLC expansion packs and and that's it basically but as someone who's a fan and who really likes character focused story driven games like the Arkham series uh, I think this is a huge mistake and I feel like I'm gonna miss playing those kind of games and I think we've kind of seen with more recent releases like you know the Gotham Knights game the Marvel Avengers game moving away from the formula that worked i mean the formula is still alive with the spider-man games right the arkham formula and those are doing incredibly well financially those are doing incredibly well critically and you know with fans and i think that's the way to go i just feel like they're trying to cut costs because it takes a lot of money and effort to make that kind of game and why do that when you can spend like 25 percent of the effort to make like 50 or 60 percent of what you would have made with that anyway so i think it just is pure business move and i guess this is what happens when (laughs) businesses are uh like or like massive corporations are you know in charge of uh running your favorite characters but i think that's just reality
1: yeah i'm i'm the same with you like uh i like a more streamlined story based story focused game like like you said, like the Arkham games, like those games are amazing. And like, I just finished playing Spider-Man two. And like, like between the first one and the Miles Morales game. And now this one, it's like, geez, like, I never thought the Arkham games would kind of be surpassed, but Marvel kind of did it with an Insomniac kind of did it with, uh, with these Spider-Man games. And I just, the other day I read like an article. It was like from the, one of the insomniac people like talking about the game and like how they were saying how they're so synergized with Marvel and like, the game developers and everything and how everything so they're all on the same page and then you read this quote from Zaslav how like they're kind of just like ah, oh, we just want to bleed everybody dry of every penny and like and like I got Gotham Knights but I never finished it because it was kind of a bit of a slog I got the Avengers game I never finished it because it was like too many things going on like micro transactions and all that like I'm more of a simple gamer like I play Madden and Spider-Man and kind of I can't I don't have the time to sink hours into uh into uh games like that anymore. So one of our other questions here. So obviously this statement was made for investors but reported on by pop culture media sites. Does this sway your opinion? I think you answered this before that maybe the right hands will be behind these games to ensure story content first over subscription-based monetization.
2: No, because uh, and, and the reason I say no is because there's no evidence to suggest that that's that's going to be the case i mean i i brought up the point uh you know even with the the new suicide squad game that's going to be set in the arkham universe so it's going to be building off the goodwill and the foundation that those games had built up but i find it very strange that that game is supposedly releasing in february so in a few months now. And this is this February February release date is after a delay, so it was originally supposed to release this year. And there's like, at least in my circles or in the my corners of the internet that I'm you know paying attention to, there's next to zero buzz for it. Uh, mm-hmm. And I and I compare that to like with the Spider-Man game, before Spider this new Spider-Man game came out months before people were very excited i was seeing people comment about it i was seeing people post about it there was a there was a buzz and excitement to it that just it just isn't there for this suicide squad game and you add to the fact that you know obviously we have to see the game still and we have to see you know what the story is like but i'm someone who likes playing heroic characters like i want to be batman i want to be spider-man in these games i want to or like members of the Bat family or, you know, if you have a side mission with, you know, a, like a cat woman or someone, that's great. I think that's also fine. But in general, I don't want to be playing as like Deadshot, you know, going yeah, through, yeah. trying to trying to kill the heroes, right? Like, because that's, that's what the main tagline of this game is. And I mean, obviously the heroes have probably been, you know, taken over by Brainiac. But I don't think, you know, people when they think about the Arkham universe and think about expanding it and saying, oh, wow, this is Superman's first appearance in the Arkham universe. I don't think, I don't think people envisioned like trying to kill him. as was like the first, yeah. the first thing that they want to do. So, I mean, we'll have to see how it does, but uh, I, I just don't think there's any evidence to suggest that they're going to keep going in the right direction.
1: Yeah. Like you said, the, um, the buzz for Spider-Man was huge. And I think a big part of that is that the story in the game is so, like incredible and so in depth and like layered and like same with like those first couple Arkham games. Like if someone I remember the buzz for those Arkham games was big. Like someone could come up to me and say, hey, my favorite version of Spider-Man is the PlayStation game. I'd be like I'd be like, yeah, awesome. I kind of agree with you. Like it's an awesome version of the character. And same with like if like I kind of I played Arkham Knight, but I don't like Arkham Knight as much as the other two games. But if someone said, oh, like one of my favorite versions of Batman is the Arkham version, like I love that kind of lived in story that lived in world. I'd say, yeah, I kind of agree with you there. So, yeah, it is too bad that we get it feels like this Suicide Squad game is like years, almost years too late, almost because like I feel like the world is kind of moving away from like, oh, we love anti-heroes, We love things like that. Like I feel like that's kind of gone by the wayside.
2: I think the the window for it was when the Suicide Squad movies were coming out. Guardians of the Galaxy was still popular, really popular at that time. I think that was the window for it. And by the way, Marvel also released a Guardians of the Galaxy game, which I haven't played. But there's like 100,000 plus reviews that say it's overwhelmingly positive on Steam. So that's something that I'm going to be checking out as well. Um, Again, also a single player, like uh, team based game, character driven, story focused game, not... Microtransactions or any of that kind of thing, but yeah, like I mean, thematically, I I do feel like this game's a little late. And what's what's kind of sad is, uh, I remember years ago, a few years ago, reading an article about what was supposed to be the third Arkham game, or sorry, the the, the Arkham game after Arkham Knight, and it was supposed to be a Batman Beyond game, and there were some character designs, and uh, this was when Dustin was still on the podcast, and we did a podcast about it. I, and I remember those. You were you were on there, weren't you?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and those designs were so cool, and the story was so interesting. And I just think it's such a shame we never got to see it.
1: Yeah, it feels like, especially Arkham Knight, felt like they could still be making like games in that world. It feels like they almost kind of tied themselves almost almost too much to like it has to be an Arkham something instead of just kind of being Batman. But, I mean, I don't blame the first, like, Arkham Asylum, Arkham City is so good, but it feels like that third game, they were tied too much to just having to be Arkham.
2: And, and the by the way, the, the Telltale Story games, uh, Telltale Studios, they did the two Batman games. Yeah. I love both of those. Very, it's a There were some things that are, like, a different take on the character, but I think that's good because it brings a fresh perspective to some characters that I think is needed for, for video games. And the, the different choices that you can make, really did feel like they impacted the story so that's something i would also like a third telltale game that builds off the choices you made in the two i'd be super excited for that versus you know kill the justice league
1: yeah yeah i've never played those Telltale games but i've always heard good things so what about are there any live service games that like you actually like do you do you play any of those are you so just down on them
2: so a few years ago maybe like five years ago i was into warframe uh which is kind of like but again the the reason why i fell out of playing that game is because it's just like it feels like a constant grind like you're just doing things to get an item or to to get something and there's there's not really there's not a lot of story to it uh i mean there is there there are quests and stuff and but like once you finish that you're just doing repetitive missions over and over and over again And then, so that's one part of it. And the other part of it, five years ago, I was much younger. I had more time on my hands. I just don't have, I just don't have the time now. Like I just have too many responsibilities and stuff. So for me, I, the games I do play now are single player. Like I'm, the game I'm playing right now is Pathfinder, Wrath of the Righteous, which it's a very long game, but it's one where you can kind of go in, you play, you leave and you can do it at your own pace. You don't have to like, oh, I'm missing this event where you get, this special item or something
1: like that it's not nothing like that it is like i like a lot of people that i hear like on the internet like podcasts and things like that they never like any of these live service games like so like who is like who's buying all these things is it just like like kids with like their parents credit card and like they can like with free reign and like no supervision they can just kind of jack up their credit card like it's weird like no one like people like you like i value your opinion on video games and stuff like you're into it like I hear no one say like oh yeah I can't wait to like get this mic this sweet microtransaction.
2: Yeah, I think everyone hates it, but I mean, there are a, I think there are a small or I shouldn't say small. I think there's actually quite a few people who are like like look at the we we, we both play sports games, right? Like look at yeah. 2K, like NBA yeah. 2K's popularity that game is like it used to be so good i bought 2k back when it was uh, in 2010 that had michael jordan on the cover yeah. those games were phenomenal yeah. and then 2k now i feel has gone down so far in quality like the game if you're playing a single player like franchise or like career mode it's nearly unplayable because it caters to the esports online microtrans is so many microtransactions in that yeah. game and and that's their that's their money making system because It's clear they don't care about the single player portions of the game because they put almost no effort into it. Everything is geared towards, you know, getting your avatar to wear the latest, you know, gear or like buying to get, you know, attributes and badges and that kind of thing. And so I think there are people who are into and sadly, I feel like there's kind of a dark side to it because there's a bit of a gambling element uh, yeah, okay, and sure. with 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 superhero games, you know, you got, you got have a lot of kids playing that. So I hope they're they're careful about that
1: as well. For sure. All right, let's move on to our next topic here. So Superman Legacy gets a little release date update from James Gunn. So it's still on track for July 11th, uh, 2005. Gunn quoted on um, Instagram thanks to the efforts of our talented crew who never lost faith during the longest strikes in Hollywood history and who never let their foot off the pedal, continuing to barrel forward, creating the most amazing character and set designs I've seen in my entire career. Superman Legacy will be making the original play release date of July 11th, 2025. So any uh, thoughts on this? Uh, what would you think about when you first saw it? Uh, I think it's uh, good to get a definitive release
2: date. I think this is also in line with... Guns policy about being very uh vocal about when what's happening with the projects, which I think is good because in the fandom area of the internet, there's always a lot of speculation, a lot of clickbait. <clears throat> so I think if he is open, I think that's a good thing. Um, the statement itself, I, I think, on the Discord, people are trying to make it out to be like some statement yeah. about the strike i mean i don't know about that uh it could be it could not be honestly it doesn't matter to me either way
1: uh i just care about the, when the movie's coming out yeah i was happy to see that um like i was worried like these strikes could kind of throw things like off uh off kilter but i was glad that this is uh staying where it's supposed to be and yeah i really didn't read anything um taking a shot at the strikes or anything like that that so was just kind of a good update what did kind of get me excited was like the font that uh Gun used on the like the picture, like it was the, that classic Superman font, like from straight from the comics. So that kind of got me excited. Like once again, like we've kind of talked about Gun a lot on this podcast. Like he's kind of he's like he's one of us, he's a Wednesday warrior, probably he's kind of he's got I can only imagine like his bookshelf is full of comics. Like he's down deep, so it was good to see that he's, that's kind of like a little nod to the to the fans who do know what's going on uh but tied into that was the penguin tv show uh which ties into matt reeves uh, the batman uh it's moved from its 2024 release date to fall well spring 2024 so it's going to be fall 2024 due to the strikes so i guess i mean i feel like whenever this the batman the batman was first coming out was coming out during covid that had to be pushed back now strikes out pushing this back so it's Almost like any type of, whenever something from the Matt Reeves universe is coming out, some some's going to push it back. But any thoughts on this? Just kind of thinking about the Penguin.
2: So I think it's good to get things right. I'd rather they get it right than release it before it's, you know, ready to come out. Uh, I'm very excited about this show, continue to be very excited about this show. I think it's going to be. It has a chance, I think, to be the most mature superhero show on TV. By mature, I don't mean like a I mean like taking things seriously. Because we have we have had like R-rated shows, but I mean, I've been vocal about my issues with the CW shows before, so I don't need to go over that again. But I I do think this has a chance to be very high-quality television.
1: Yeah, I'm pumped. It's going to be like premiere kind of. A premier superhero show, so I'm ready for it.
0: Hey, you got a second? The Batman universe is looking for Batman fans with something to say. If you're interested in writing reviews of your favorite Batman books, or you want to contribute original content with articles like, the top 10 forgotten Batman villains, or why Dead DiDio's exit from DC was the worst thing to ever happen, then we want to invite you to join our TBU staff family as a writer. Just reach out to our email, tbu at thebatmanuniverse.net, and let us know that you want to become one of our writers. It's that easy. And honestly, there's no reason not to. You get exclusive access to our TBU staff Discord server, you get early access to comics, and you meet a lot of cool people. What are you waiting for? Email us at tbu at net and let us know that you want to become one of our writers.
1: Our next topic here, uh, this is uh, the DC trade dispute. So this is something that you've been, uh, high on Adol. So I'll let you, uh, carry the ball on this one.
2: Yeah. So I've, I've, so I'm someone with, when it comes to comics, I, I buy trades. I'm not a collector. I didn't get into comics to collect them. And there's no problem. I have no problem with anyone who who does that. Uh, but I'm primarily interested in the, in the story. So that's why I buy the books. Um, and I've noticed that um, DC uh, seems to have a, a, a big problem with releasing trade paperbacks. Uh, just to give you an example, I'm pulling up. Uh, this is this is data from uh, League of Comic Book Geeks. Um, Batman Volume Six uh, Abyss Trade Paperback release date is scheduled for January sixteenth, twenty twenty-four. Now the first issue that's collected in that volume is Batman 118. Batman 118 released in December 2021. So I'm getting the trade paperback 3 years after the single issue released. I think that like quite frankly that's ridiculous. Um <clears throat> Marvel is able to release trade paperbacks for their for their uh comic series uh about a month or two after the the series ends or like that chapter ends. I don't see why DC can't do the same thing, and this is not like this is Batman. This is their fla- one of their flagship titles, and and I think they're losing out a huge share of the market by by doing this so late. They also released the hardcovers first, which I'm not upset about. I know some people are, but I think the the issue with the cover comes out a year most often a year before. The uh, the trade paperback does. So I just said uh the trade paperback for Volume Six Abyss. For this is just an example. It's coming out January twenty twenty four. Now the hardcover for that came out on August twenty twenty two. So that's two years basically, or a year and a half at least. I just think that's ridiculous. And then there was the news that came out recently where DC had solicited a bunch of trade paperbacks, including for the Batman Catwoman book by Tom King, Batman Killing Time by Tom King. And it was reported that the the, the those two trade paperbacks had been cancelled. Now, there were some other lesser known uh, trade paperbacks that were also cancelled, namely Trial of the Amazons, which I was actually going to buy. and And this is where it comes down to price as well. See, I'm in Canada. And so Trial of the Amazons, was supposed to be on, like, it was supposed to be on sale uh, when it released for twenty six dollars. The hardcover is forty dollars. I'm not paying forty dollars for that story because it's it's not a like it's a story where I like it. I don't like love it. So I'm willing to pay twenty six for it. I'm not paying forty for it. And so right there, by canceling it, you just lost you just lost the sale from someone. Yeah, and then. The other issue is how they construct the collected editions. I I really liked um, Conrad and Clooney's uh, Wonder Woman run. So I bought the first two volumes and I'm, I'm planning to buy three and four. But the reason I'm on, on the fence about buying volume three and four is because the way they're collected makes no sense if like the the first so usually it's a story arc that's in a single volume they have done it so that um the first first or first two chapters of the next story arc are actually at the end of volume three and then a whole chunk of the story that happens in volume three or four i can't remember which is actually going to be in um another trade paperback so unless you buy that you're missing out on, on, on a whole chunk of the story and then on top so they also canceled uh con- also connected to this one woman thing nubia and the amazons again that was supposed to go on on sale uh, on release for 23 dollars. the hardcover is 34 dollars. i'm not paying 34 dollars for it I'm just this not going to happen and then you know the other thing with uh the bat cat book and killing time now those in canada those those hardcovers um Retail for fifty four dollars, that's quite a bit, and the trade paperback was going to be, I think, somewhere around thirty, which is more more reasonable. But what I'm mad about is that they canceled it so late in the game that I missed out on so many sales <laughs> for the hardcover. Yeah. Right. So like, you you're kind of just saying to me, you don't care. And and the thing is, like, I'm someone I have a budget for comics. I'm not like incredibly wealthy, you know, or anything, but. I like to, I have to budget it month by month. How much am I going to spend? What trade paperbacks am I going to buy? And if you do, as a company, if you do something like this, then you just kind of make me not want to spend money on your product. So that's kind of my rant. I don't know if you <laughs> agree or uh, you you buy trade paperbacks or how you feel about this.
1: No, yeah, uh, I kind of agree with a lot of what you're saying. It makes a lot of sense. Like, I kind of, like... When i get like a collected story like like i bought like like what the white knight series for example like i bought the first two of those in trade because i was kind of late to the game to those so i didn't have get the single issues and then when curse was coming out i was like oh should i get the single issues but no it's kind of not really like fit on my shelf and look weird so i waited for the trade but then like yeah the hardcover comes out first so i'm like All right, i really want to read the, the story i do get the hardcover and then like I'm sure, like, I'm not, like, super OCD or anything, but I'm sure a lot of people like, oh, it doesn't look right on my shelf or things like that. So, like, yeah, that's, like, how they kind of get you with that. And, like, if because if you really want to read it, you need to buy the hardcover right away. Well, well, yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like, to use your
2: example of the White Knight series, I bought the White Knight, the first, the first chapter, Batman, the White Knight. I bought yeah. it as a trade paperback. There's a trade paperback for Curse of the White Knight. I don't know that a trade paperback's coming for uh beyond the white knight. Yeah, I think it's so what going am I gonna to do? It. I'm just gonna have like two paperbacks and then a giant hardcover. Like it that's, looks terrible yeah, that's what on I have.
1: it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like I think not to be like, oh back in back in my day or whatever, but like they were almost more selective with what they collected in uh like a trade paperback or hardcover. But like yeah, like you said, like now everything it's like Wonder Woman, like volume one, two, blah, 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 blah and then it'll just get rebooted again to another number one with a new writer. Like now Tom Kings, he has a Wonder Woman right now. So I'm sure after eight issues or so that'll come out in a hardcover as a Wonder Woman volume one. And it'll like, they'll just, the cycle keeps kind of repeating. So I like to kind of go back and buy like those old trade paperbacks where it was like, it was just this storyline it kind of, it wasn't a volume one or anything. It was just like, one single storyline and like, you didn't have to worry about buying like other trades before or after things like that. And it was like kind of unique cover. It wasn't like the same kind of like monotone, like cover that all the other uh, trades have. Do you know what I mean?
2: Yeah. And and so that's another, that's another problem. (laughs) I'm glad you brought that up because I forgot (laughs) to mention that. So the, the way that, what I think it's called the trade dress, like the way the cover looks essentially um, they keep changing that halfway through the run and so i bought like tom king so i bought tom king's run on batman right and yeah, it's like what I I it's, like, it's like 12 13 volumes yeah the first like 7 or 8 are like this white with the you know the rebirth design
1: yeah with the blue and then and the after,
2: yeah and then after that it gets this like it's like this black cover and yeah. so it looks like it's not even part of the same series like i'm looking at my shelf right now it looks like it's not even part of the same series and then you have um the The newer covers, like, so for Tiny's run on Batman, uh, the covers all look so different. And what really annoys me is, like, now on the spine, they don't have the number anymore. Usually used to have a number, like, one, two, three. So you could easily see the order. Now there's no number on the side. You could just be, you have to open the book to find find the number. And this is, I think, a big barrier because I think it stops new readers from coming in. Yeah. I think because, like, for me, I'm a huge comic fan. I have, like, a huge bookshelf here of comics. I write for a comic site, like, you know, and I find it too hard. I live 15 minutes away, a 15-minute drive away from a comic book store. I find it too hard to go in, like, every week or every few weeks to pick up a few single issues, and I just find that to be too much with my schedule. So I prefer I just go get the trade boom, that's like a whole chunk of, of
1: yeah, the yeah, series yeah, that yeah. I want to
2: read. And it's, it's you're in and out. It's You don't have to keep making regular trips. Um, and I think for most readers who would be new or who would be casual readers, that would be a preferred method because they're not going to have the commitment to go to the shop, you know, every yeah. few weeks or something. Um, so I think DC is missing out on a, a whole bunch of people that way.
1: Yeah, that is how, like, you get new readers. Like, someone asks me, like, oh, what's a comic I would, like, that you would recommend? Like, I wouldn't tell them, like, Batman, like, 185 and, like, start from there. Like, I would say, like, oh, The Long Halloween or Hush or things like that. And you would give them a trade or they find it all collected, like, on the app or something like that. So, yeah, it is tough to... It does get confusing it does get weird it, like throws everybody off and there's like never any like rhyme or reason why they tr- did the trade dress like that like i know exactly where you're going on that tom king run because i had the same thing and then not to this too like but that last part of it the city of bane like they broke that trade up into like city of bane part one and part two and i was like but then they also collected it all together as this complete collection or whatever so i'm like well oh, i'm not buying two of these i'll just buy the one So it's like, why not just, I don't know, like, I get why they do it, but it's just, it's just annoying.
2: It is. I mean, I think one of, uh, like, to give a positive example of something is um, just uh, today, actually. um, uh, The Superman Action Comics, the World War World Saga, that 700 page collected edition. That's, I think, um, I haven't seen them ever collect something that large for a series that, you know it's not an omnibus or anything like that yeah. it's just uh collecting a whole chunk or a whole run as one and i think that's the great idea like i'm definitely going to buy that um yeah. the, you brought up the app and the website and i have to mention dc the dc comics website is garbage like i i want I, if i go on there to find information about comics It's impossible. It's just like the interface, the way it's set up, the structure of the website. It's horrible. Like you can't find like I use the the League of Comic Book Geeks app. I find that incredibly organized. Like you can see the release date. You can see the the creators involved. You can see the schedule. You can set up everything like in terms of how you want to, to collect it, that kind of thing that functionality is just not there on like yeah. you go to their website if i want to see oh when's the next issue of, of batman coming out i can't find that on their website and i think that's that's another problem because not everyone's going to go download the app
1: no yeah like i feel like i mean there's i mean it's 2023 like we gotta stop making things uh simpler around here but not more confusing especially to the diehards like obviously we're both into it like let's make it just make things a little cleaner
2: Yeah, and I mean, end end of the day, like, all these, I think, are are big problems, but the biggest, number one biggest problem for me is the massive delay between when the single issue uh, story ends and when the collected edition comes out. Like, it's it's two or three years in some cases. That's just, that's ridiculous. Uh, Like, I shouldn't have to, like, because for the site, we get to read. The copies of you know the single issues and stuff they shouldn't read something and then wait for the collected edition to come out like three four years later that's another another way you lose business because uh someone might read something in a moment and think i want a collected edition of this but if it doesn't come out for three years they've forgotten about it that emotional connection is not going to be as strong a lot of the times and then they might be like "Ah, do i really need this no
1: so you're losing sales that way too have you have you gotten in do you have any omnibuses or anything? Do you have you fallen down that path?
2: Uh not um I d I don't have omnibuses. I just like I have the those giant nightfall. Yeah. The Batman the, Nightfall the soft ones,
1: uh, the soft cover ones. Yeah. Yeah, I got I
2: have that. And then from some Marvel hardcovers, did you it's not an omnibus, it's like a deluxe hardcover for the Star Wars stuff. But they've okay. stopped doing that. Um, I think as of their most recent reset of the Star Wars. So there's like the one from I think twenty fifteen, that's when they started doing the Star Wars comics, I think. And then so there was two Darth Vader series, and then so the new one, I think they're just doing soft covers. They don't appear to be doing any deluxe or or, or any regular hard covers for that.
1: Yeah. I think the only omnibus I have is uh Batman uh Ninja Turtles. Like I got that when uh they released that when the new Turtles movie was coming up, so I was like was writing it high on parallels i was like might as well get this
2: that's a good i mean i i have the soft cover of uh the um the crossover batman and the idw um who who it was freddie williams i think freddie williams the third or something yeah yeah he's the artist yeah Yeah. and i think those were great so i i had the soft cover for that um The only, like, the the Omnibus that I was looking at most recently and I was tempted to buy because I saw it, it was on sale somewhere. Uh, I think it might have been, like, secondhand or used. was, like, uh, we were talking about Arkham earlier. The Arkham Game Comics. It's, like, a giant Omnibus. I was going to get that, but I didn't end up getting it.
1: Yeah, most, like, I do try to buy, like, my, like, uh, trades and collections. I do try to buy them used, like, do my best to find them. Like, I don't want to spend, like you were saying, like, I don't want to spend, like, 40 bucks on, like, this one story. So I kind of, if I find a little bit cheaper, I'm all for that. Yep. Yep. Okay. So, uh, uh, moving on to our last topic of the night, we got a trailer and a release date for Mary little Batman. Uh, this is an animated movie, uh, that will be dropping on Amazon prime on December 8th. The trailer came out now a while ago. We saw like a first look picture of it. And I think on the podcast, we kind of ripped into it and, I shared the uh, trailer on the, uh, on our discord chat and uh, Otto was uh, a vocal. I think a lot of people did not like the animation style of it. So just watching the, uh, did you watch the trailer? And if you did, uh, what are your thoughts on it?
2: I did watch the trailer, but with the caveat that I watched it without sound because I was somewhere (laughs) where I didn't have my headphones. I was in public so I couldn't listen to it with sound. Um, I... I still really dislike the animation style, um, and but what's interesting is I so it got posted onto Twitter, and if you go to the com- uh, the comments for uh, the Amazon uh, trailer link or it was I think discussing film that account that tweets out all you know the film updates and and stuff. You go to the comments under it. The responses seem to be very polarized because you either have someone saying oh, I really love this. Or you have someone saying, "I really hate this." <laughs> so yeah. there's no middle ground. Uh, I think. I mean, I personally am in the "I don't like it" camp, but um, I did see enough comments saying, "Oh, I kind of like this quirky take on it. That I'll be watching." That I think it might it might do okay.
1: Yeah, I watched. Uh, at first, I did watch without sound because I was at work and I wanted. I didn't want to bother people, but I did watch it right before we uh, with this uh, with the sound, and it is quirky and goofy and it's probably leans more a little younger demographic i would guess and maybe like the the voices and like uh like what they're saying and like everything that's happening in the trail kind of lends itself more towards that creepy weird animation style with batman with the big chin and the big beard and weird looking alfred and little damien but like it does all like that's happening in the trail does lend itself to like that animation style like you i wouldn't expect like like the plot or anything to like go with like you know batman the animated series and like a bruce tim world but it does i think it is going to be i think it does think it's going to be all right it looks i mean it's goofy and silly but it'll be something to watch like every christmas i'm sure i kind of rewatch it uh here and there with a nice little batman christmas theme but i mean yeah i wasn't looking for uh when we first first saw that picture, I think I called Alfred. Alfred looks like the uh the creepy guy from Family Guy. And I mean he still does, but you know it's what it is. It's on Amazon Prime. I'm not gonna argue.
2: Yeah, I mean the the thing that I, I've been waiting for from Amazon Prime is uh is, is the uh, that Cape Crusader show still on there?
1: <laughs> See your guess is as good as mine. I haven't thought about that show until just now.
2: I mean, that's the one I'm excited for. I haven't heard any updates about it, so I don't even know where it's at. It was, I think it was supposed to be on Prime, but uh, yeah, it might not even be there anymore.
1: Yeah, it was went from HBO Max to Apple or Prime or Netflix and then Prime, yeah. So maybe, I guess, if this is on Prime, maybe that's somewhat of a good sign for uh, Cave Crusader.
2: Yeah, I mean, I hope we get an update on that soon, because uh, I think we've been uh, we've been starving for a good Batman animated show for a while
1: now. When did we first hear about that Cape Crusade? Was that the first fandom? Yeah, I think so. I God, think so. That was like what year was that? It was like twenty. I think it might have been twenty twenty. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah, that that is uh, that's been a while. And then the only th- we only got that one image of like Batman over Gotham City, and then we got all the powerhouses working on it. it was um, Bruce Tim, Matt Reeves, J.J. Abrams. I think ed brewbreaker right wasn't he attached i vaguely remember that yeah, yeah. and then don't be wrong yeah and then they, they scrapped it from Metro max and then yeah we haven't heard anything about it yeah i mean i don't know
2: i don't know what they're doing i mean that it just uh, that kind of thing that kind of project uh, we don't hear updates for then i hear gotham knights is coming out and
1: uh, <laughs> yeah yeah seriously we get we have two Gotham, we have a video game Gotham Knights, a TV show Gotham Knights that made no impact on anything. And Make a neg- Negative impact. Negative impact. And the only animated Batman we have to look forward to is Merry Little Batman on December 8th. So we'll all be, we'll get our hot chocolate and our Christmas pajamas on and we can all watch that. All right. right. So I think that, us uh, will do it for tonight. Um. You can visit us at thebatmanuniverse.net for comic reviews, movie news, more. All right. If you want to chat with us, you can hop on our Discord. Uh, our Discord, the link will be below. You can also write to us at tbu at BatmanUniverse.net And we'll respond to your comments on the air. I think a mailback episode is always a good thing. It's always a good way to fill in a podcast uh, when we kind of have limited topics. So if you like these episodes, you can please, uh, please subscribe, rate, and share. Um, for BJ, uh, uh, I'm BJ. So for Otto and myself, I'm reading off the screen like I'm Ron Burgundy. All right. So for Otto and myself, uh, thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.